It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome in to the Locked On Bengals podcast on a Friday. A lot to get to. It actually feels like spring in Cincinnati today. Uh, didn't last night when it was like 30 degrees, but that's okay. On Twitter, at James Rapine, at Locked On Bengals. Subscribe, iTunes, the iHeartRadio app, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. Mock Draft 4.0 up right now, LockedOnBengals.com. We will have one more before Thursday's draft. By the way, Thursday, if you're in the Cincinnati area, come to Dickman's Sports Cafe, Northern Kentucky. I will be broadcasting live with 700 WLW, 9 to 11. I'm scheduled. I might hang around until midnight if I'm happy with the pick. So uh, join me. Come say hi. I'll get there by 8 o'clock or so. And, uh, yeah, it'll be fun. We can celebrate the Bengals pick as long as it's not someone we don't like. And and for more on that, Joe Goodberry of The Athletic, he joins us every single week. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at Joe Goodberry. We're going to do a lot in this podcast, try something new when it comes to the draft. We'll do that in a couple minutes. Also going to dive into a couple prospects that have been tossed around by Dave Lapham. Want to get Joe's take on that. But first, Joe, I know you're cranking it out right now for The Athletic. Let our listeners know what they can get right now if they subscribe to The Athletic to check out your work. They're going to get everything you you can dream of for Bengals and draft analysis. No, I'm not, I'm not that serious. But um, I've got a lot coming out in the next few days from what I perceive to be the Bengals draft board, not only for the first round, but for all seven rounds. And it's compiled of all the data I use to really get a good feel for what they're going to do every year. And uh, not to pat myself on the back, but I usually end up pretty close. So it'll be worth your time. Uh, I'll have my final mock draft. And as the picks roll in and after I'm going to review every single player and break down every single player they do draft, I'm sure they'll draft a few guys I have never even seen before. So that'll be fun for me to go in and, and, and watch them for the first time. But So if they make 11 picks, I'm going to have 11 pieces come out within – you know, three or four days of every single player uh, and, and grade the final draft. So this next week, I'm going to have a lot coming out, and this is my time, and this is my week, so this is when you want to subscribe. 
<laughs> it is. It, Am no I wrong? Da- no <laughs> doubt it is. No, you're absolutely right. It's just funny. I've never heard you. This is my time. I was ready for some kind of music and some kind of intro. Um, and the thing is, you know I'm going to be bothering you. So as busy as you are with The Athletic, at some point I'm going to be bothering you like, hey, man, you want to talk about how they drafted, I don't know, um, I'm, and I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm, I'm going to pick, insert whatever name. I was going to try to pick someone uh, that people would hate. And let's start there uh, because, Colton, <laughs> because Colton Miller is a guy that Dave Lapham threw out there on, on 700 WLW. Lapham will be on Monday's podcast, by the way, Locked on Bengals listeners. Um, it, it, it's a guy he threw out there. He didn't say the Bengals were dead set on, on him or anything like that, but he, he mentioned his name along with Mike McGlinchey. We've talked, Joe, about how Mike McGlinchey – in our eyes, and it might have changed for you, it hasn't for me. I think if he's there at 21, the Bengals run to the podium, get him, and they get the hell out of there and wait for round two. As far as Colton Miller goes, the idea of the Bengals drafting him at 21 is? It's scary. Um, <laughs> and here's why I think the name is okay to bring up. Because he probably is the number two tackle and a bad tackle class. We should remember that. Uh, McGlinchey is the best one, hands down. Uh, he's got the best tape. He's got the size. Uh, he's a good enough athlete, really good run blocker. He's very well coached and very scheme diverse. Uh, he's got issues like every guy, or else he'd be a top 10 pick. So the next guy, if you're saying Isaiah Wynn is a guard, and it seems like most NFL teams are saying that, is probably Colton Miller because it's a bad group, that next group, and you want a guy that at least has the size. And the athleticism, and Miller has both of that. He's six foot eight and tested like a freak, probably the best offensive lineman testing ever. So teams are going to say, well, I can fix that. You know, I can work with that. It, we're talking a bad class, and I need tackle, which still is extremely valuable in, in, in the NFL. Uh, that's why he should be discussed. But I think you say we've done the project thing twice and, and in the same year with Abwehi and Fisher. I think Miller reminds me of Fisher a bit. The thing with Miller is the tape isn't very good at all, and it's because he's got a fatal flaw in his mechanics. Uh, he takes a false step, which means he needs to work completely on his on his vertical drops and, and his, his kick slides and really everything that's a deep drop in the NFL, and that that's scary. That Normally you do take those guys in the third round range, maybe late second, uh, but because Miller tested like a freak, he's getting pushed in that first-round category. And... Uh, It'll be interesting if if he's on the board and the Bengals are serious about maximizing the offensive line value and saying, let's go tackle now and go center at 46. If that's the path they go, I think it's a risky path in order to slightly upgrade from Fisher, Jake Fisher at this point. I, I, I am encouraged by the report from Jason Lock and Ford this morning that said the Raiders are, are high on him at number nine. I think there's other teams that may be interested in going with the upside in Colton Miller. So I think for all of our interests, we should hope he's gone at 21. Yeah, and, and so that's that's interesting to me as well because, to me, I've seen Colton Miller in mocks, and, and I would assume that he was closer to the 46th overall player, and if he was going to be a candidate for a pick... That's where uh, I have him. Yeah, is at 46. So let's say the Bengals go center, and right now I think that's probably most likely. I think they probably take their favorite center, whether it's Billy Price, who I think a lot of fans would love, uh, I think you are, are totally on the Frank Ragno or James Daniels end of that. But if yeah. they go center at 21 and a guy like Colton Miller is there at 46, is it worth it to spend a pick on him there in round two? 
Yeah, that's where it makes sense. Uh, and I've said this before, and there's other guys similar to Colton Miller, uh, uh, Brian O'Neill from Pitt. Um, he, that's where you want to take those guys. It, like I said, they remind me of Jake Fisher. That is not a bad thing. That is a good bet, or that's a bet worth investing in on these prospects because that's really what it is when you're picking these guys. Are they safe bets? Are they bad bets? The size, the length, the athleticism testing make him a good bet. When you look at the elite tackles in the league, they all tested very well. Uh, it, it's you know There's a correlation there, especially at tackle. So for Miller's already got that leg up on a lot of prospects that did not test well, guys like Terrell Crosby or a uh, Jamarco Jones. You'd rather have uh, a Miller if you're going to do it at, at 46. So for me, I remember mocking Fisher to the Bengals at 21 a couple years ago, and then he ended up being there in the second round. So I wouldn't be surprised if Miller was still there. I think that's what makes sense. We've we got to come back to logic sometimes because right now we're still stuck on, on draft rumors and smoke screens, and sometimes they're true right now because teams are setting their boards. So you, if, if, say the board's starting to get set and you hear teams go, oh, we really like Josh Jackson, the, the Iowa corner at 15 in the Packers uh, example here. I believe that because he's he slated to go there. It makes sense, and it's a need for them. So that rumor I believe in. But when it's someone like Colton Miller where the tape doesn't match and they say he could go number nine, I think we should step back and say, I don't know how much we should believe this. And, and while I hope it's true because I don't want want the Bengals to make that decision at 21, I think that's the, the example of when we got to separate the smoke screens from the real information. But at 46, I think it makes sense. I don't believe, or at least I think it's unlikely that they go back-to-back offensive linemen, though. You mentioned Jason Macanfora's report about, um, just today he came up with a bunch of different things, including Colton Miller, and that report also included Frank Ragno and how he's climbing up draft boards. And I think he's certainly climbed up your board as you've dove in, watched more film on him, watched tape, evaluated him. The idea of at, at him being the Bengals pick at 21, is he your top center? Is it James Daniels? I know it's between those two, and it seems like you're uh, fond of Frank Ragnow of late. I struggle because part of the process is trying to put a value on upside. And upside can be whatever you perceive it to be, and, I, and a lot of people look at it differently. Because when you're drafting, you're not just drafting the best college player because Tim Tebow would go number one, right? You have to project them into the NFL. You have to see what traits work in the NFL game because the college game and NFL game are different. And um, so it's not exactly a one-for-one fit when you're you're taking college players to the NFL. So when I watch them, you have to put in that little bit of projection still in them. So, again, saying all that, I still struggle because I think Frank Ragnow is the better player out of the three centers and between James Daniels and Ragnow. He's better right now. Um, his tape is really good. His measurements were really good. He could be a top-five center in the league. I I feel that way, Uh, and I think he's worth the 21st pick every single draft. He's a good player and a good prospect. James Daniels, I would say a lot of the same about, but I do think he has a little bit more flaws in his build and in his game, Um, but correctable things because he's 20 years old, uh, and his upside plays, his flash plays are Freaky. I mean, you shouldn't be able to make a reach block look so easy and so natural, but he's long and he's athletic, freaky athletic, that you go, man, if he rounds out the rest of his game and it's just a small portion, he doesn't have anything where I would call a fatal flaw in his game. If he just rounds out his his, his bottom half, he's going to be a stud. And not only just a stud, a guy who transforms your running game, where you say, because of him, 
we can run this zone stuff all day long because he is a freak, and that interests me. I think it's safer to go right now, and I think he's got, honestly, a top five upside for, for a center. So I, for me, I'd say, okay, if you feel he's safer, if you feel he's got just the same ability to end up being a, an elite center, you take right now. But, man, I am attracted to what James Daniels offers and what he could possibly be. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It doesn't sound like you can go wrong. He's Joe Goodberry. Follow him on Twitter, at Joe Goodberry. You had a really good idea the other day, and you text me, and you're like, hey, this is what we should do. And obviously, my uh, mock drafts, if you're familiar with them, at LockedOnBengals.com. If not, a lot of people use these anyway, these fanspeak mocks at fanspeak.com. There's a link to it on the website at, at lockedonbengals.com. You're like, let's do a couple mocks while we're on the podcast. Genius idea. I think so. I think it's a genius idea. And uh, let's do it. You ready? I'm ready. All right. So let's let's dive in here. I'm going to hit the simulation. And well, how do you want me to do this, Joe? This was your idea. I love the idea. Should I read off the pick? Should I say who's gone? Should I not? How should we do it? No, we should be aware of who's gone. Um, just maybe the notable picks. We don't have to read all 20 guys every single time. But, uh, you know, if Lamar Jackson's gone, we should know he's gone. And, and then we'll read who they have as the best available. And uh, you can, you know, debate who you want. We'll do it like a war room thing. If Fair. you're the, the GM and I'm the head coach and we're like, okay, these are the best guys on the board, who are we picking? And it would be, a, you know, we're going to have a little discussion and we'll, we'll hopefully turn the key together and, and choose somebody. Gotcha, gotcha. So uh, Vita VA went 11th overall. I think that's a guy that is probably at least on the Bengals' radar. You mentioned Lamar Jackson went 12th to the Bills. Derwin James fell a bit, which there have been rumors about that, 13th to He's the Redskins. Yeah, I would love him. Like, if Derwin James is there at 21, how great is that? I mean, that's, that is exactly why, if that happened, why you'd be fine with waiting on Eric Reed until after right. the draft. Yeah, and Terrell Austin uh, showed a lot of interest in him at the Pro Day. They talked together. They, they, they talked about different drills and different things he, he's done at Florida State. Uh, I think the interest is there. They don't expect him to be there. I think top 15 is definitely the, the range. But they thought Tyler Eifert would go top 12 also that year. And then all of a sudden, you know, they didn't have a private workout with him. That's the last pick the Bengals haven't had a private visit with in the first round. Uh, same with Derwin James. But I think the interest is there. And if he was there at 21, they would jump at it and forego offensive line until the next round. Yeah, I, I agree. And I wouldn't have any problem with that. With that being said, McGlinchey, a guy I think is certainly on the Bengals' radar, went 15 overall to Arizona. I've done a lot of these mocks, and that seems to be – yeah, the spot where he goes. Hopefully, Arizona decides to go for quarterback instead. Um, Raquan Smith fell all the way to seventeen. Man, which trade up? <laughs> yeah, like there, I, I don't see that happening. I think he's the best linebacker in the draft. I get it, prospect. People like Edmonds. I'm not overthinking it. If I if I need a linebacker in the top ten, I'm taking Raquan Smith. Scenarios where you would be comfortable uh, bypassing offensive line. That's another one of them. Yeah, I agree. Isaiah Wynn, by the way, staying in the division, went to Baltimore 16th overall. 
Maurice Hurst, who has been on at least some uh, people's radar for the Bengals. Um, he went 19th to the Cowboys. I don't know where to place him on my board. Yeah. I, I've, I've placed him because I finalized what I think the Bengals board looks like. But without knowing the medicals, if they give him a clean bill of health, I think he's a top 12 player. So um, it's interesting. It's interesting if he's there at 21, if he's like the BPA guy again where they say, we can do this and, and, and we'll find offensive line later. Oh, my God. I just saw something that we have to talk about in a second. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. We, a, a, a report? Yeah, uh, a, a mock draft at Bengals.com. Oh, okay. Uh, Will Hernandez went 20th to Detroit. All right. So, really? So I'm going to name some of the best players available, and then we we'll go from here. Is it Zaire Alexander? Is it Zaire? Uh, is, is it Jair? Yeah, Jair? 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 I don't know. I don't know how to say his name. I know he's really good, yeah. and I know his last name's Alexander, the corner out of Louisville, yeah. is considered the, the best player available. Um, Darius Geis, 18th. Obviously, the Bengals not in the, the, the mold for a running back, but uh, Taven Bryan, Deron Payne, both defensive linemen out of Florida and Alabama, respectively. Bengals have expressed interest in both. Uh, James Daniels available. Frank Ragno available. Billy Price available. Connor Williams available. Um, so the offensive linemen are there. Josh Jackson uh, from Iowa available if you're looking at corner there. So there's still a lot of guys. Rashawn Evans, who the Bengals hosted for a visit, available. Um, so I think this is an expected turnout then, right? Yeah, this is pro- it, it seems like it's the most likely scenario. And that's – it sucks. I wish the Bengals would have only traded back to like 17 because it's such sure. a difference in my mind <laughs> to 21. But they're going to get a good pick. They're going to get a guy. In my mind, if this happens, Joe – Eileen Center, what about you? I do too. And I wonder if, I know you know we're speaking for ourselves here, but for the Bengals, I wonder where they have a Jair Alexander and a Josh Jackson. Um, this is a really good corner class. I mean, I think you could have six guys go in the top 45, 50 maybe, and it's really, really good. Um, you know, if you saw Jackson with those ball skills, he honestly is a lot like William Jackson without that top end speed. They're long legged guys with phenomenal ball skills. Uh, I think fans would riot if they took a corner, but I can see them being interested by it. I think for me here, looking at the board, it's center. It's center all the way. Yeah, I, I agree. So that's a good segue because I can't believe Jeff Hobson did this at Bengals.com. I can't believe he did it. I can't believe he did it. And I have to ask you about it because he's available. In this fan speak mock, the slide, Kelvin Ridley to the Bengals at 21 at Bengals.com. Jeff Hobson. I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at it right now. Like That's weird. And, and the thing is, is like all the centers are available. Holy crap. What the hell is going on? Like, I like wide receivers. That makes zero sense to me. He says, what uh, does he say? Okay. Go yeah. Ahead. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead here. Here we go. Uh, he says, don't get mad. Yes. They are stacked with young unproven receivers. Take a deep breath. Right. They took Ross and all 17 of his snaps at uh, ninth overall last year, but don't read Ridley's name in there. The slide is symbolic. Uh, Ridley faces the dilemma. They've probably been grappling with the last month. They're going to come face to face with the best player available philosophy and balancing it against need. It is doubtful Ridley is going to be here. I don't think it's doubtful. I think it's kind of likely. Hard to see him getting past. Yeah, hard to see him getting past Dallas. It's not hard for me to see that either. If it's not Ridley, it's quite possibly there. The highest graded player like him that falls. 
Wow. So he mentions Davenport or a run stuffer like Vie, uh, Vita Vie. Um, he says, oh, my goodness. He's dead serious. He's dead serious about this. He's, oh, my Lord. Like, so relax. It probably won't be Ridley, but they will have to have the discussion. Fine. Fine. If he's saying they'll have to have the discussion, I'm okay with that. What? Because I think you should discuss your BPA players. Is he one of the best players? Like, I don't see him. No. I, he's, for me, he wouldn't be in my top 20. I would have Josh Jackson ahead of him. I would have Alexander ahead of him. I would have all two of the centers ahead I of him. I would have Cameron Sutton over him, wide receiver. I would have more from Maryland over him. So he's not even the best receiver, in my opinion. So I don't think this is a scenario that actually plays out. I think if you're not... Jeff Hobson is an insider. I'm going to say, if you are somebody who doesn't pay attention to the draft closely, you would say this would be a BPA. I think, in truth, Delvin Ridley won't be the BPA in any scenario. Where would he play? Like, why is is Brandon LaFell even here? Yeah, but then, okay, so then why is Tyler Boyd still here? I I mean, are you cutting Cody Core for Calvin Ridley? Oh, yeah. You're cutting all. You're, you can cut LaFell. I mean, if you're going to draft a guy and, and you have three first round receivers and a second round guy in Boyd, Boyd's not, oh. Boyd shouldn't stop you from drafting a receiver. I'm not saying you draft one in the first round. I'd say if you're third round and Anthony Miller from Memphis is still there, guess what? Boyd's on the bench because Anthony Miller is a better player. So, um, you know, there are scenarios where you wide receiver could become best player available. Well, they scouted James Washington from Oklahoma State, went to, you know, and, and had discussions with him, if he's a second-round player, third-round guy, I mean, there is scenarios where they take a wide receiver. I just don't think Calvin Ridley is ever the best player available at 21. Yeah, I agree with you. Oh, my goodness. And the crazy part is he has Frank Ragnow falling all the way to 39. It's a media mock that they do. Ragnow falls to 39. They get Will Hernandez at 46. I'm going to be honest with you, though, James. Yeah. The media is not the best people to do mock drafts. <laughs> <laughs> no, I no, I know, I know. I just look. I and love I'm wide receivers, that, but oh, I'm saying that because even those maybe I don't think my, of myself as that, but you know, um, there's a disconnect there. The difference between like the draft analysts and the guys who know their team. The draft analysts don't know their team that no, don't know those teams very well. So it could be like someone uh, on on NFL.com picking for the Bengals, and you're like, what? They don't even have a need there. And then it could be someone from that covers the Bengals that picks somebody, and you're like, they're not even the best player at that position. Like a like the Inquirer guy taking Billy Price, calling him the top center, and like Jeff Austin saying Ridley's the best receiver. Those guys don't follow the draft. So there's a disconnect there. Um, and I was just going to say, well, and that's why I have a place in this Internet world is because I try to marry <laughs> the both, both of them. And, that, and I'm – and that's why I would say Price isn't the best center. Ridley's not the best wide receiver. I don't expect Ridley to happen. Gotcha, gotcha. He's Joe Goodberry of The Athletic. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. Tell me if I'm wrong, James. I don't want to be too confident. I'm just feeling really good on draft week. No. Why the hell would you take Calvin Ridley? Like I, You wouldn't. Oh, I, John Ross is better than Calvin Ridley. John Ross yes, would be the I've best wide that. receiver in this draft, and it's not yes. It's not even that close. So can we stop right. with the Calvin Ridley? Anyways, um, all right. So let's get let's back continue. to our let's get back. Yeah, let's get back to our mock. So Alexander's there, Brian's there, Payne's there. I think we agree though that center is kind of where it should be. Um, I, I say Who no. Who do you to, want, James? I don't want Billy Price. I'm down to James okay. Daniels. I'm down to Frank Ragnow. 
And honestly, I think... Should we talk about Connor Williams? If you want to. If you think he deserves to be in the discussion. Only reason I, I... I think the Bengals don't want to take a guard. I think a lot of teams, if he's a guard for them because of his shorter arms and because of his play style, really, um, I think he falls behind Wynn and Hernandez. But in this scenario, both those guys are gone. So that's why I'm saying maybe we should consider him at this point. Uh, again, I think center is a more valuable position than guard. So for me, I'm still sticking with center. I just think it's interesting that Williams kind of is the forgotten guy on the offensive line that, that when we discuss you know all the potential. Yeah, I in my eyes here if we go center i need the guy who's ready now completely ready now to hit the ground running to do the the one trait that russell bodine had that um was respectable is that he started right away played all the games was very durable uh i think frank Ragnow is more ready based on what i've heard than james daniels to be really 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 good now and look, Andy Dalton, he's got three years left on his deal. If you're going to go center, why not get the guy that can help you in his, in his with all these guys still in their prime, ready to win now? You need to open that window back up. I think you do it with Frank Ragnow. Uh, do you have yeah. a, a disagree? Do you want to go James Daniels here? I, I'm not going to argue and go James Daniels, to be honest with you. I'm going to say if, if we want Frank Ragnow, I have similar grades on him. He's the safer guy and on an offensive line that could use a little bit of that. Um, and I honestly think his upside is, is just as good without being transcendent, as I described earlier. Um, I, Frank Regnow, let's turn the key. I'll draft him all day. Okay, so you would you say he's more pro-ready right now, too? Yeah, I yeah. would. Um, not that Daniels isn't. I just think Regnow, three years starting, he's got experience at guard and center. Um, in a, in a well-coached team of well-coached offensive line i think he's he's ready to plug and play and start and be a solid contributor from as a rookie next week we're going to do more rounds than this we're just doing the first round today i just put the pick in frank ragnow is now a member of the cincinnati bengals um the patriots just so you know they went with alexander the cornerback and then they went orlando brown at 31 that ain't happening but yeah (laughs) should we try one more yeah, and pick a different board so we get a different scenario. All right, let's go. Let's go. Pick a different board. All right, we'll talk while I do this because this is you're way better at this stuff than me. Okay. So they pick Frank Ragnow. Your instant reaction if okay. that happens next Thursday. I would be happy. My instant reaction would be it would be honestly high five worthy. You know because you look back at the the last time two centers went in the first round. Alex Mack was the twenty first pick that year. I think that's who you're drafting. I think you're drafting that type of guy where you have a top center for as long as you will keep him under contract, which is always, I guess, the downside of being a Bengals fan is do they value the interior offensive line? I think first round, though, you get that fifth-year option is also why I believe they would rather go interior O-line in the first rather than wait until 46 because of that fifth-year option, because you lock them up one more time without really throwing huge money at these guys. Um, but again, in five years when we're talking about that, this team could be very, very different, not only from head coach to maybe even owner at that point, right? I mean, yeah. uh, so who knows when they get to that scenario. It may be Katie Blackburn's decision to, to resign the, the center of, of, of wherever they choose. So, um, yeah, that fifth-year option is something we should consider when we're looking at these guys, and, and I think that's why interior line makes more sense. All right, Joe, we are on the clock. We okay, what board do we pick this time? Uh, Matt Miller's board. Good. 
All right, so we got Matt Miller's board. Quarterbacks go one through three. Mayfield, Darnold, Rosen. Tyrell Crosby Jr., fourth. Ooh. Anyways, um, that, that's a typical Browns pick. Uh, Raquan yeah. Smith, noteworthy, <laughs> sixth overall. Derwin James went seventh overall. Um, Allen, 12th overall to the Bills. That would be cool for the Bills. Lamar, 15th. Sure. Lamar Jackson. McGlinchey, I thought he was going to fall. Fell a whole pick further than last time. Uh, 16th overall to the Ravens. Vitavier. I think that's a murderous row of where McGlinchey doesn't make it to 21 in, in real life. Yeah, I know. And that's the thing. Like, let's say he gets to Seattle. Why wouldn't Seattle want him? Exactly. You know, I mean, uh, by the way, speaking of say, Seattle, they get Isaiah Wynn. Uh, Vitavier, if I say that right, I don't know. I'm, I'm probably butchering it every time. But he went 17th to the Chargers. Ronnie Harrison, safety to the Cowboys. Darius Geis to the Lions. Bengals now on the clock. On Matt Miller's board, Connor Williams is the best available, followed by Marcus Davenport, Josh Jackson, Calvin Ridley, Leighton Vander Esch, Rashawn Evans. Uh, all three centers are still there. Um, so it's it's really – we're almost in the same spot. Colton Miller obviously still there. Taven uh, yeah. Bryan there. So it, it's a dilemma. And if you haven't checked yeah, out my think, mock yet, I, I I had them taking Josh Jackson at this point because I think he could be the best player available. It, it'll be interesting to see. One to add here is Leighton Vander Esch from Boise, mm-hmm. um, and because he's six five and two forty five and athletic, at least measured that way, I think he flashes it on tape too. Um, raw, but at the same time. Ascending, I think, in his in his development would be fair to say. I, I always say if you watch his tapes in order, you end up leaving on the last one and saying, "Man, you get shades of Brian Urlacher stuff." And um, you know, if that's the case, and if they still want a linebacker that's an athlete that could potentially cover better than what they have on the inside, um, Vanderash would make a lot of sense. And I think with all three centers still remaining, and I, we we expect that, I believe, in every scenario, unless um, Bengals are too transparent and someone jumps them for their guy. Uh, all three centers remaining in this scenario, the way if we're using Matt Miller's board, it looks like he's got them ranked a little bit lower. And then, then the chances increase that you believe one of them will be there at 46. I think if you did go somewhere other than center, like a Leighton Van Der Esch in this scenario, um, with 11 picks, 10 more after this, you would want to be aggressive and get yourself into the 40th spot, 38, 39, if you could to secure one of the top two centers in, in, in that case. So for me, I'm going to say I'm going to vote for Leighton Van Der Esch to give us something different, and then let's roll it to see when all three centers are gone. That's interesting. Okay, so I, I get you with Van Der Esch. Um, I don't know. I get it. I understand it. But I've heard you and I've heard a bunch of people say how deep this co- this class is at linebacker. It the, is. The Bengals have 11 picks. Linebacker is a need. I don't think it's their biggest need. Um, I'm going to make the argument now for a corner, and I know people hate it, and let's just go with it here. Let's say Josh Jackson is their number one corner. I like him. What have the Bengals talked about this offseason? They want more turnovers, more ball hawkers, basically, in the in that backfield, or, or in the secondary, rather, the backfield. Um, and, and so, to me, if you could get Josh Jackson – to be the long-term opposite of William Jackson, and the Jacksons could make their own no-fly zone, 
And I know Drake Kirkpatrick is under contract long term. Darquez Denard, though, in a contract year. Uh, a, a lot of the there's a lot of uncertainty after the first two corners for the Bengals this year. Um, to me, Josh Jackson here would make a lot of sense, especially if you want to generate more turnovers. I think he had 27 passes defense last year. He's, his ball skills are. Um, if you look up ball skills in 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 the dictionary, he's on very close to the top, or or maybe even the picture of ball skills. Former receiver, long. Um, He's hard to throw against because of it. The only thing I would say is, if you're saying he can replace Denard in a year, I would be weary because um, the slot guy you normally want to be a little quicker, not as leggy. You're not going to get the same opportunities to display those ball skills. I think you would have to say maybe Kirkpatrick moves inside to the slot. Fair. You put the Jacksons on the outside, and that's who you roll with. Um, <clears throat> that's what I would do, by the way. The- that's what I would do. I think that'd be the smartest way to go about it. I think the even smarter way would be get whatever you could for Kirkpatrick. And now you have cheap contracts relatively for Jackson and Jackson. Denard, you you extend him. He shouldn't cost too much after really only playing for two years, even if he has a solid year this year again. Um, so you reduce the cost at corner, and you probably are better off with Denard inside and both Jacksons on the boundary. And maybe you only get a third or fourth. I don't know what you get for Kirkpatrick, to be honest. I don't think you would get a second. Maybe you get a third-round pick for him, but I think that's that's some value. And I think a team like the Patriots would do that. I think the team like the Eagles would try and move Kirkpatrick and try and upgrade in that scenario. So um, I'm for it, and if we're the GMs and the owner in this scenario, you know, <laughs> we can make that subsequent decision. Um, so I can listen to that because I think Jack, Jackson is, Josh Jackson is very, very fun. I'd love that two guys with ball skills like that. It would be so hard to throw against them. It would be risky every time the quarterback put it in the air. Yeah, and and with that said, I'm going to play devil's advocate with myself here. The Bengals have invested so much in corner, so much in the cornerback position, and I love Josh Jackson, the idea of him next to William Jackson, and you're right. In in my eyes, you can always find a a solid nickel corner at some point, whether that's paying Denard, whether that's moving on from Dre. I'm on board with moving on from Dre, especially if you can get a, a solid mid-round pick. Heck, maybe you do it during the draft. I mean, maybe you try to do it this year. Um, right. So Josh Jackson on the outside, I like it. With that being said, they've kind of neglected the linebacker position for a long time. I mean, since Keith Rivers, when have they invested a high pick, first or second round, in a linebacker? It's been a while. So yeah. we've seen them go free agent after free agent to try to be almost a stopgap at linebacker. I get why you'd want to go with Leighton Vander Esch, especially if you say eh, he, he's got shades. There, there are flashes of Brian Erlacher, and, and you're not the only one I've talked to who loves his instincts on film, just his playmaking ability, the intelligence he plays with. So I get going with Leighton Vander Esch as well. What do you want to do? <laughs> I don't know. It's so tough. All right, so we're between Leighton Vander Esch and Josh Jackson. Uh, do you have Jackson ahead of Alexander? No, I have Jackson one spot behind Alexander. All right, Alexander's available too. Uh, I'm not as fam- I think Alexander could play the slot. I think he'd actually be really good in there. Okay, so that's the other option. Um, in my in my eyes, I'd rather have an outside guy. I think you could find the inside guys. I do too. More often. So yep. I'm thinking of in terms of fit because I don't feel like they would move on from Kirkpatrick. Um, I think Jair's the more complete corner. Um, 
I think Jackson has the ball skill upside that I love. So uh, it's hard for me to pick between those two guys, to be honest with you. Okay. All right. So let's. All right. Let's do Jackson because we we've done the scenario where we can unload Dre, and I think a lot of people listening to this are like, "Yes, unload him." Um, and even if it was for a fourth round pick, I wouldn't be mad at it. Honestly, I, I let's see. I wouldn't have paid pays off. Yeah. Let's see if one of the centers are still there. Okay. All right. So. Are we, going risk, Van, right? are we going Van Der Esch or Josh Jackson? Go Jackson, and we're going to move Kirkpatrick or try. Okay. All right. So Even Josh if it's Jackson. not this year and next year. Because Billy Price went always... to Buffalo the very next pick. <laughs> that could happen. I swear to God that could happen. All right. So, so far, so good. No centers. So far, so good. Okay. So... One left, Ragno made it to forty six. That Ragnow's still there. Yes. Made it Where'd to Daniels four- go. He went, let's see here. Sorry, it went to the next page. All right. He went thirty ninth overall. So he fell. Okay. Which I don't think yeah. that happens either. <clears throat> I don't either. Do you agree with that? Um, but still. But we're using Matt Miller's board, so things are going to be different, you know, as mm-hmm. every team's will be. So we're trying to trust our board here based on Miller, if Miller's like our GM, right? Um, and so the bet paid off then. If you end up with Jackson or even Lander, uh, Van Der Esch, because it would have been a similar bet, right? And then Ragnall at 46, that is a slam dunk, because I think Ragnall's worth a first-round pick. Yeah, it, I would, I'd be so on board with it. It's, I just, I don't know how likely, <laughs> likely it is. I don't think it is either, and I think... The fan speak mock was probably closer, and I, maybe next time, or if we do it when we do it next week again, and go through all, the whole entire draft. Um, I think by then we'll see that those guys won't make it to forty-six. Yeah, and then so that's the risk, and that's the risk that because now if you if you do that at and honestly, this is what needs to happen. They need to trade up in round two. Like we need to stop with this. If they don't get a center at twenty-one. They need to do whatever they can to get up into the draft mm-hmm. early day two and get their guy. Agree? Yeah. But up to 36, 37, 38, like we saw, 39 was a center pick. Yeah, I think if you forego it, um, you should be ready to move and get aggressive. It's the biggest hole on the team. By the way, Leighton Vander Esch went to the Steelers in round one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other part of that, right? Do we want the Steelers to get somebody like that? Yeah. Oh, it sucks. That's what happens. Scary. Though, you know, we weren't confident in the pick, but then as soon as the feelers get him, you kind of go like, oh, maybe we should have taken him. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. But, yeah, Ragno, I, I'm on board, man. If, I, if we could do Josh Jackson, Frank Ragno, I would do it. Even if it meant spending a first, second, and let's say a fourth-round pick to trade up, would you do it? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. By the way, uh, for the, I think you're getting two first round players, and that's how you have to look at it. Yeah. Uh, Mason Rudolph, just paying attention to the quarterbacks, went at the end of round two. Um, he huh. was drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars, picked 29 of the second round. Well, you think they would consider it at 46? I think so. I do. I, I, I and that would be, but, but not if there's a, a top center available and they haven't addressed the center. All right. Right, you know, um, I have Rudolph in that. I have him in the two A area on my Bengals board, and it pretty much puts him in the scenario that all the top guys would have to be gone. Yeah, yeah, and it, he's still there. 
and and the interesting thing is it's I'm hearing a bunch of different things like it's it's shot down in a variety of ways. By the way, in the the Bengals mock, the Bengals.com mock that has Calvin Ridley, Mason Rudolph goes to the Patriots at 40 uh 43. So he doesn't huh. make it to the Bengals, but it's close. And I think I think if he's there and they address center in round 1, it's very real that they could consider him. Like ser- they'll seriously have to go back and forth and debate it. So it'll be interesting. Joe, this yeah. was fun. Next time, how many rounds do you want to do next time? Four? I don't know. Four or five? Because they have three picks in the fifth round. Yeah, and you're better at like the the deep end prospects, obviously. So yeah, we'll do we'll do five next week. How's that? Sounds good to me. He's Joe Goodberry. Make sure you check out his work for the Athletic on Twitter at Joe Goodberry. Joe, I appreciate the time, man. I will uh, talk to you next week. Have a good weekend. You too, James. Thanks. That's Joe Goodberry on Twitter. At Joe Goodberry. Love the music there. That was a lot of fun doing that with him. Doing the mock. Two mocks. Corner one. I can't believe I won that argument. I thought we were going to have to do Leighton Vander Esch. He's got a really cool name. Good game, too. Uh, Solomon Tetman wrote about him in his prospect spotlights at LockedOnBengals.com. And it's it's worth checking out as well, considering that could be the pick at 21. I'm James Rapine. Thank you so much for listening. Back at it Monday. Dave Lapham on the podcast Monday. Until then, I'm James Rapine. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.